Self-abandonment is really tricky because it's subtle. It happens slowly over time. Sometimes it erodes us and our sense of self so softly that we don't even notice until we can no longer ignore the gaping hole from within. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, writer, and speaker with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. We boldly explore relationships, connection, and the nuances and complexities of the human experience with compassion, honesty, and a sense of humor. With both solo episodes and highly curated guests sharing incredible stories, experiences, and expertise, the Room to Grow podcast takes the entire idea of growth to the next level all while covering the uncomfortable topics many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. And today we're going to be talking about self-abandonment and self-betrayal. And this is a topic that I find coming up a lot with people uh, regularly. Like like this, this work that I do around human connection and relationships, this is a theme that continuously comes up over and over and over again. And it comes up in my own life as well. There's so many ways that this can infiltrate and, and self-abandonment can sneak up on us. And this is the part that makes it tricky along with the fact that we aren't always sure where the line is between self-abandonment and self-betrayal versus compromise. So creating compromise in relationships from a place of love, as opposed to compromising ourselves and who we are. And there is a really big difference. And, and, and compromise done from a healthy place is incredibly necessary. We wouldn't be able to function with other humans if we, if we didn't have that skill set. We have to continuously work on that skill set. But there is very much a distinction between that and betraying who we are. And I also want to tie this in with liking yourself too, because this can really be a big part of it. If in in my experience, if someone really genuinely likes who they are, they are much less likely to self-abandon or betray themselves. So this is very closely connected. And and I did uh, an episode all about that back on episode uh, 302 about self-love, loneliness, and learning to like yourself. Um, I'll have, I always have (laughs) multiple references for you guys because 350 episodes in, I have a lot of um, episodes that often like tie in really well with each other. So if you're ever on the lookout for what to listen to next, check the show notes uh, over at roomtogrowpodcast.com or wherever you're listening to this. And there are always links to other episodes uh, that tie in really well together. So take a peek for that. But liking yourself and continuing to deepen into who you are and the person you continue to become, that is what will fuel all of the most beautiful things in your life. That is one of the biggest reasons why doing this work around connection, specifically connection to yourself, is one of the greatest gifts that you can give to yourself. It it finding ways to heal and and continue to heal and continue to grow and, and all of these things. This is what will fuel every other beautiful thing in your life. I cannot stress that enough. The the way that we relate to ourselves and to others, all of our relationships, 
they tie in with uh, everything from how much money we make to the work that we do, to the sense of purpose that that we have in the world, to the sense of joy that we have, um, how we handle the hard moments. Everything is connected to this. And self-abandonment is really tricky because it's subtle. It is subtle. It happens slowly over time. And it sometimes, sometimes it erodes us and our sense of self so softly that we don't even notice until we can no longer ignore the gaping hole from within. And it's what happens when we place the needs of another consistently and regularly above our, our own. It's when we say yes, when we mean no. It's when we go against our values and who we believe ourselves to be in order to satisfy another person or, or a relationship. It's when we self-sabotage. It is when we ignore our own needs. Abandonment, self-abandonment happens when we pretend to be someone other than our genuine, authentic self. It's when we go back to a relationship where someone treated us badly, when we say or do whatever needs to be done to smooth over a situation, even if it's not actually true for you. It's, it's found in not advocating for ourselves. There are so many different ways where self-betrayal and self-abandonment can appear, can make an appearance. And this can create a lot of cognitive dissonance. And what I mean by that is that it's sort of this, um, this disconnection between heart and mind. And there's all this stress that starts to happen within the body. And this can show up in, in a variety of different ways. The, the body can choose to respond to that, that type of stress in so many different ways, but it's, it's all data. Our, our body is literally giving us messages that we need to start to learn to pay attention to. And when a lot of us are walking around very disconnected from our bodies as well, we don't always connect the dots. And this is really important because it's very damaging over time, again, both mentally and physically. When I found out about um, the the nine years of, of infidelity that had been going on in, in a past relationship... When I ended the relationship, I, I talk about it. I've talked about it more on multiple other episodes, but if you want to go check out more on that, you can look up episode 117 um, for the full story on that. But I, I felt my body relax for the first time after I ended the relationship, even though I was shattered. I felt my body relax for what felt like the first time in years. Because as much as I was being betrayed in a really significant way in that relationship... I was betraying myself throughout that relationship as well by doing many of the things that I just listed. You can't have betrayal without self-betrayal. And this is crucially important that we recognize these things within ourselves and that we start to, if, if you are someone who, who feels that, uh, you know, you're maybe looking around your life, maybe even after some of the things I've just said, maybe those have like triggered some, some specific instances for you. If you're looking around your life and being like, wow, I've, I've really been betraying myself here. We don't just go to elimination of self-betrayal overnight. Again, none of this work happens overnight. <laughs> this takes time, right? However, as we start to become more consciously aware of the moments when we are 
out of betrayal and we start to reconnect to our bodies and to really notice the the connection between heart and, and mind and all of these different aspects, then we start to become more sensitive to noticing when we are betraying ourselves in perhaps more subtle ways and something just doesn't feel right. And there's, there's sort of this uh, little almost internal flag that goes up that goes, oh, we need to pay attention to something here. Something doesn't feel quite right. You can call that intuition, which it often is. You can call that, uh, you can call that a variety of, of different names. But essentially, your body and your mind are trying to work together to tell you that something is off, that something does not feel true to you, that something does not feel right. I've even actually noticed this in business. So I'm in my sixth sixth year of business and I've worked with multiple coaches, um, you know, business coaches and and stuff and all of them brilliant. And yet there have been times when the strategies uh, for business that were being suggested to me, I I felt like I couldn't follow through on them. And I I was, I was giving myself, I I often would give myself a really hard time because I was like, am I just self-sabotaging? Like what is wrong with me? And what I finally came to figure out was that it was because a lot of those strategies, they didn't feel right to me. They did not feel organic to who I am and how I wanted to show up in the world. It wasn't that they were um, like sleazy tactics or anything like that. It was nothing like that. It was just they didn't feel right. And it wasn't just um, about, you know, stepping out of my comfort zone, like something feeling uncomfortable, like like feeling some discomfort around doing something new and, and unfamiliar. It was, no, this doesn't feel right for me. And it would absolutely be right, you know, the right strategies for somebody else, but they didn't feel right for me. And it wasn't until I started recognizing those those inconsistencies within myself and those little subtle ways where I was trying to force doing something a particular way where it didn't feel good to me, that was another form of self-betrayal. So this can come in so many different ways and so many different forms. And it's about noticing when this is happening. And when we, when we have these, these moments of, of disconnection and when we have gone against um, what our heart knows to be true for us, when we can sense the unlived parts of our life, it, the ways in which we, we attended to, you know, making everyone else around us feel comfortable while putting ourselves to one side or whatever it is, there is grief wrapped up in that. There's a lot of grief in there. And that's part of the healing and growth process is reconciling with that grief and having compassion for those past versions of ourselves that felt like we had to go against who we were and what felt best for us in order to maintain the relationship, in order to um, show up a particular way, be liked by a particular group of people, to go along, to get along, whatever it was. We, there, there's grief there that we have to, that, that we really have to deal with and to recognize that those past versions of ourselves, they got us to where we are today. And I hope that that allows you to have compassion for that past version of you and, and to not be, um, to really recognize that, that they were doing, that version of you was doing the best that they could with the wisdom and knowledge that they had at the time. But there's a difference between there can often be a difference between um, 
I actually talked about this in one other episode. I may need to give this its own episode, actually, because <laughs> I, I just find it to be such a useful way to explain this concept. So back in episode uh, 336, I talked about um, like having more compassion and self-forgiveness for wanting to be loved. And one of the one of the concepts that I brought into that was around this idea of uh, conscious incompetence. Okay. So there's sort of this quadrant. I'm, I'm like making, a, I know you can't see me right now. I'm making like a quadrant with my hands. Um, <laughs> so visualize, visualize a quadrant. And there's four different areas here. One is conscious competence. So conscious competence, and I explained this more in episode 336 as well. Conscious competence is when, you know, like we, we're very aware um, and we're very competent. We know what we're doing. We are, we are aware that we know what we're doing. We're good. That's like kind of the ideal. Then we have um, unconscious competence. So that's when we're very competent. We know what we're doing, but we don't necessarily feel like we know what we're doing. <laughs> we're not actually conscious to how competent we really are. Then we've got um, conscious incompetence and unconscious incompetence. So unconscious incompetence is when we don't really know what we're doing and we don't even know that we don't know what we're doing, really. Like we're completely incompetent. We don't even realize how incompetent we are. We have no idea. And for me, that was kind of like my nine-year relationship. Like I, I didn't, I was doing the best that I could, but I wasn't fully aware of just how incompetent I was, especially around, you know, the ways in which I was betraying myself. I, I didn't really know any better. I, I didn't really get it. Conscious, conscious incompetence is the hardest. This, in my opinion, is by far the most difficult to deal with and manage because it's when we have the awareness, but we behave with incompetence anyway. So we betray ourselves, even though we know that we're betraying ourselves that shit hurts. That shit hurts. And it hurts. Not only does it also hurt the people around us, ultimately, because even if outwardly it might seem like they're getting a really good deal because we are betraying ourselves for them, it hurts in the sense that we are actually being dishonest with them. Because a lot of times we're also being dishonest with ourselves. Now, if we are behaving in a way that is uh, consciously incompetent, that's even harder because we are totally aware that we are being dishonest with ourselves. We have complete awareness. And having to forgive ourselves for that, I can tell you from experience, it's much more difficult. It's much more difficult. I had a far easier time forgiving myself for the various roles that I played in my nine-year relationship ending than I did for a relationship that I had uh, a couple years, uh, year, year and a half, year and a half after that relationship ended where I had grown so much, I had learned so much, <clears throat> and I ended up in a relationship that I was very conscious to the fact that it wasn't working and that I was having to compromise to the point of compromising myself, not just creating healthy compromises, but compromising myself in order to make the relationship work. And I knew it. I knew it the whole time that I was in it. And I just kept wanting to, to give the relationship more time. And I'm like, no, no, you know, there's lessons to learn here. It's okay. Like that this will, this will like figure itself out. And, and I mean, yeah, it, it did, <laughs> but it actually took me a long time. And, and I, I, I was the one who ended it and I ended it relatively quickly still, but, um, it took me actually a lot 
a lot more work to get over and to forgive myself for because I was so conscious to the ways in which I was betraying myself. So these are some of the differences too between like compromise and self-betrayal. Compromise feels good and, and compromise can be done from a place of love. That can come from, straight from the heart and, and we can approach compromise in a relationship with so much love. When, when it's someone that we deeply care about and when we can uh, gift them, you know, a little bit of this, a, a little bit of that, a, a little bit of something that, that they need to help them um, feel really good in the relationship or whatever it is that they need, that is a healthy compromise. Compromise in a way that betrays yourself is when you negotiate your own values and sense of integrity. You justify to yourself somehow that going against your integrity is okay. And that is so much harder. That is so much harder. And this is why it's so crucial to hold ourselves to our own personal moral and ethical code, being mindful of our own boundaries and lines in the sand, the standards to which you hold yourself, staying in integrity in a variety of different ways, including and especially to yourself. Marcus Aurelius has the quote, be tolerant with others and strict with yourself. And I think that that's a really wise sentence to live by. Now, the other, the caveat I would add to that is being strict with yourself with compassion. That's, that's a really important part of that. Not just being strict to yourself, like beating yourself up all the time and, and working yourself into the ground and all those things. No, 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 no. We, we don't do that. But being tolerant with others and, and having all kinds of compassion for others and, and all of those things and being strict with yourself while also having compassion for who you are too. It's funny, you know, I asked a, a client in, in our initial uh, consult a few months ago if they liked themselves and they, they responded um, and then they in turn asked me if I liked myself and I do, I absolutely do, more so than ever before actually and more so than I perhaps had even thought possible. Do I have more work to do in that area? Absolutely, I do. Without without question, I have more work to do in that area, as we all will continuously uh, have more work to do in that area. But the difference is now is that my sense of self-worth is derived from people knowing the truth of how I interacted with them and and treated them. That the the people closest to me um, in particular, like, like I always, I always try to show up with a lot of kindness. And I think that that is fairly evident. I, I think that, that most people around me would, would say that that is fairly evident. Um, and, and listen, you know, but, but I think that's important because that sense of self-worth is from within. It's not, it's not placed in someone or something else, which is how I have lived my life in the past, where someone liking me um, was, was how I measured how much I liked myself or, uh, you know, how well my business was going or all of these different things. Like, like we can put our sense of self-worth in a variety of other different places, people, ideas, things, like so many different things, but the universe will come (laughs) at some point, shakes it up and remind you that it has to come from within. 
It has to come from within. And listen, there will always be people who don't like us. Like I, I share vulnerable stories of my own life and, and teach about how to work through pain and look at our darkest shadows and use all that to, to bring more joy and positivity into the world. And I am also simultaneously to that extremely aware that I am not for everyone. I am absolutely not for everyone. There are people out there who will and likely already do think that I'm the worst and that's okay. <laughs> I don't need everyone to like me, but don't beat yourself up for, for wanting that either because it, it's a very human trait to want others to like us. It gives us our sense of belonging, acceptance, our very survival depends on other people liking us. It's what society was built upon. It, it's what um, keeps us in line as humans from not destroying each other in a lot of ways. It, it's necessary. And what's fascinating is that uh, our brains are constantly searching for indications of whether or not people care about us. Every single time we, we have any sort of interaction with, with people, even if it's a stranger on the street, our brains are figuring out or are, are looking for the most microscopic signs that we would not even necessarily be consciously aware to of, does this person give a shit about me? And what's, what's also interesting is that we don't necessarily walk around consciously thinking to ourselves, like when we think about, about um, the question again of, of like whether or not we like ourselves, we don't necessarily walk around consciously thinking to ourselves how much we dislike who we are. Like, I, I, you know, years ago when, when I felt very differently about myself, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily very conscious to the fact of, like, I didn't actually like myself very much. It, it, that, that took a lot of effort to even notice that I felt that way and that I had been behaving in a way that kind of proved that point that I, I wasn't, I would, I didn't like myself very much, but in order to become more conscious of, of these thoughts and, and the way that we feel about ourselves, it requires us to go inward and pay attention to the way we speak to ourselves, how we treat ourselves, the various corners of our lives that reflect how we feel about ourselves as well. That's when it becomes more obvious to us. And not only that, but as you learn to appreciate yourself, to like yourself, to stop betraying yourself, your taste in people will change. So if you look at past, let's just say romantic relationships, like, like past, past partners or, or something along those lines, we could even do this for friendships. But if, if you look back at past partners and then you think about who you are today, most people would look back at past partners and almost be like, I don't even know what I saw in them. And that's actually a good thing because it's a sign of your own growth and healing. <laughs> That's actually incredibly positive. There are like multiple past partners where I look back at some of, again, like one of whom I was with for quite a long time. I'm like, I don't even know what I saw there. Like, I don't, I don't know what that was, <laughs> but that's, that's actually normal. And it's really healthy for your taste in people to change as you grow, develop and learn to like yourself. Like we actually start to completely shift what we once found attractive. And this also ties in with a conversation around boundary, uh, boundary standards and expectations, which I did a, a whole episode about that that I highly recommend, uh, episode 277. Um, but when we stop self-abandoning, we get to practice and experience a sense of peace from within. And when you begin to trust what feels right to you more than you trust the opinions of others, 
your whole energy shifts. Everything changes. And that radiates from you in a way that that you can't even potentially fathom. That begins to completely shift how you show up in the world. It changes the way others view you. It changes how you view yourself in a powerful way. And as you practice this and as you you learn to trust yourself more and as you learn to like and appreciate yourself more, showing up as your genuine self becomes effortless. It starts to become much more effortless. It would actually, you reach a point of it actually being far more work to continue to abandon yourself than to actually just show up as exactly who you are and letting the chips fall. I talked about that more in, uh, I can't remember the episode number. I will look it up um, for the show notes, but it's about how to become wildly magnetic. I also highly recommend listening to that episode. It's been a really popular one because harnessing one's own magnetism is about stepping into who the fuck you are and and letting the energy of that radiate outwardly because there's like this shimmer of authenticity that we can sense about people. But if we are continuously betraying ourselves, we also are never actually letting people get to know who we really are. And then we don't feel seen. And then we feel lonely. And then we feel like we have to continue to self-abandon and betray to mold ourselves into who someone else wants us to be so that they'll like us more. But then we still don't feel seen. Do you see how this cycle continues to repeat in a really vicious way? (laughs) So we have the power to break that cycle. It's all within every single one of us. And we will become so much more magnetic when people can sense that we're real. It's like, think think about the people that you follow on social media, even. The people that resonate, at least for me, and and I've talked to so many people who feel the same way about this. So I'm going to throw this out there for you to think about. But when I think about the people that I resonate the most with on social media, it's the people who are fucking real. And you can just sense it. You can sense when someone is being authentic and real and and just showing up exactly who they are and kind of like a no fucks given um, and, and not, not in a bad way, but in just a sort of like, this is who I am, take me or leave me kind of way. And what's most fascinating about that is that when we start to show up exactly who we are and and, and in the exact way that, that we that we show up in the world as, when we start to do that, it actually often ends up eliminating a lot of the people who weren't a great fit for us to begin with. It, it's, it's like a natural selection process. And then it opens the door for all of these humans who are actually incredibly well suited to us to start filing in. It's like, oh, look at this. <laughs> Where have you been all my life? <laughs> and again, I mean that like in terms of any type of relationship, friendship or otherwise, clients even, like all of these people you, you start to allow your own radiance to be seen, including to yourself. And that shifts the way the world responds to you. So I hope that I've provided enough motivation to, <laughs> to stop self-abandoning <laughs> and stop betraying yourself. But if this is something that you were struggling with, I, I, I hear you. I hear you because most of us do. And I still, there are still moments sometimes where I can just feel that initial like, ooh, this isn't working. And I I perhaps uh, said yes in this moment when I should have said no. Like those moments still come up. The difference is now is that not only am I very aware of them extremely quickly, 
Uh, but then I correct it very quickly, very quickly. Sometimes like I can say yes. And then the next moment I'm like, actually, no, that's, that's not going to be a good fit for me. Uh, thank you. Blah, 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 whatever, whatever it is, but we get so much faster at this. So then even when the moments do come up where we might initially kind of self betray because it's perhaps just old habits coming to the surface, we can correct it so much more quickly so that we can remain in coherence with heart and mind with body as well. This is really, 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 really big deal. So I've got multiple episodes to uh, take a look at that would go really, really well with this one. Um, I'm just sending you so much love on this because this is this is hard. This is hard work. And it's it's not for the faint of heart. And it's it requires us to look at, at parts of ourselves that would be so much easier in theory to sweep under the rug until we wake up one day and we grieve the life unlived because we we didn't allow our true selves to come through and and then you have to live with the what ifs and that's something I'm not willing to do so I hope this helps let me know how it goes um I also have multiple things coming up um, so I have my men's group coming up, uh, January 25th, 2023. If you're listening to this in real time, my women's group, uh, becoming you is happening February 7th, 2023. Um, I've got all kinds of cool stuff happening. So go check out the show notes. I would love, love, love to hear from you and let me know how this goes. Okay. Sending you so much love with all of this and talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more, one of the most common questions I get is where to even begin to start doing this work to create deeper connections and better relationships. I've got a free 15 page guide for you called where do we begin? This is the very foundations that you need to start to build healthy relationships with others and with yourself. This is my gift to you and multiple people have referred to it as life changing. <laughs> you can find it over at roomtogrowpodcast.com or check the show notes to go download it and have it sent straight to your inbox. Thanks so much and stay tuned for more episodes weekly.